today is to focus on how to create a position of authority at the front desk. And I think sometimes as CAs, it's very easy to elevate the DC into being the person that runs the office. Usually they're the business owner as well. They pay our wages and we tend to take on quite a submissive role. But I hope by the end of this that we'll realize just how vital a CA or a, you know, good chiropractic advocate and assistant is in actually being a functional part of the practice and really useful to the patient rather than just passive. So oh, let me just have a look. Why is that not clicking? So obviously we're well on towards the end of January now, but just excuse me one moment. Okay, sorry about that distraction, everyone. So obviously we're well on towards the end of January right now. And as a result of that, I find that this is actually a really good time to take stock. The reason I don't necessarily do this at the beginning of January is everybody's still in that Christmas mode. They're all in the New Year's resolutions. Every single sort of marketing guru, whether that's personal trainers, nutrition, Everyone's throwing all the new stuff at everybody. And I find that if we're not careful, we can get caught up in that. So I use the beginning of the year more of a practice reset. And when I'm looking at filling the schedule, having lots of new patients, um, hi Miranda, um, and creating opportunities, it doesn't really bother me what the diary looks like at that time. So the key thing for me at the front desk is I want to look and think, where am I going? Who are, we, who are we attracting? And less about where we've been. So I found this slide when I was putting the PowerPoint together. And I kind of just really liked the, the concept of it. And these are great questions to ask ourselves. You know, if we've got a diary that was half full, it's really easy to be thinking, oh, we need more and we want to be busier and the Cairo wants to double the numbers and, oh, we've got all these events to plan, but everybody's off on holiday and we kind of just get stuck in the running of it. So if we come at things from a growth mindset, we're going to be looking again, where exactly are we going? So if you want to grow your office, it's really important to know exactly what you're growing to. And a tip I learned was to increase percentages by 10% at a time. Because if you set a goal that's too big too soon, it actually doesn't serve as a goal. It just becomes a number or a, or a team meeting point that gets raised again and again. Whereas 10% is actually really doable. I mean, if you think about it, if your office is serving 100 people, that's an extra 10. That could be two new patients. That could be one person coming into care twice a week. And that's it. You've done your 10. So you've got those really achievable celebration points. It could be that you look at getting people back into care that have dropped out. One family of four, you're half, almost halfway there. So have a look and see exactly where you're trying to grow your office. It might be that your numbers are fantastic and you're actually trying to grow the number of advanced bookings you'd have or the advanced number of care plans that you've sold. Okay, growth doesn't just have to be about the number of visits in the office. And 
I think it's important to look at personal development as a growth point as well. It's really nice to think, well, okay, we might still be steady and stable, but I feel more confident. Or I've started to run workshops or done something challenging in that kind of respect as well. So growth can be personal as well as practice. I'd love to take credit for this phrase. Dr. Mike gave me this, the empty schedule syndrome. So when we come back, it is quite common, no matter how much of our efforts, for those of you that were on my call before Christmas, looking at how to fill the diary, inevitably there is that kind of out of schedule routine. There is that point where people are just busy. So these are my five top tips for getting back on track and avoiding that empty schedule um, syndrome. We need to remember that our patients are humans, okay? They're not a number, they're not a commodity for the practice, and things get in the way. They will have had uh, busy holidays, they may have had extra parties, family to stay, been stressed, and sometimes we are the thing that's given in order to allow everything to happen. It does take a bit of time to get everything back on track, so it's okay for us to reach out and just say to them, you know, we missed you, or how's 2018 started? And be human in return, okay? We don't wanna be the person that rings up and just kind of says, oh, we noticed that you haven't got an appointment. That phrase really creeps me out because I just find it very robotic and very limiting. Know who and what to leave in 2017 or any year, any time. There are those lovely patients that we want to send with love to someone else. They might not be right for our office. Not every single person that walks through our door is the fit that we're looking for. So when you're making your recalls, go through with your DC and just take a moment to have a look and think, are we filling our practice with the kind of people who really get what we're doing, are on board with our mission, are proactive in their health, are taking things on board, are getting results, the kind of people that fire us up, that are curious, that are exciting. We all know that everyone's on different journeys at different points, but we also need to make sure that we're right for them as much as they're right for us. And I find that looking through and just assessing and making sure that we're filling our practice with people that, that are on our mission makes life a lot more enjoyable. And if things went wrong in 2017, it's a nice chance to just leave it there. Okay, it's a new start, it's a new year, it sounds cliche, but it works. We wanna make sure that anything that happened was a growing point, we've learned from it, and I give you full and utter permission to wipe the slate clean and start all over again. Visualizing the growth, by this I, um, so I was working in an office this week and I was training the CAs and they had a typical kind of um, key indicator point chart, I'm not quite sure what you guys call it, but um, key performance indicators, stats, meeting numbers, that kind of thing. New patients, patient visits, progress reviews. And it was in a beautiful chart where they had clearly listed what each type was and which DC had seen which visits. But it was just numbers. It was so dull and uninspiring. And 
when I actually looked where it was being kept, it was actually being kept in a pile of other paperwork, so it wasn't even out. And although the figures were correct, they were very difficult to actually see and read. So if you're gonna grow your office, my tip is go old school. And by that I mean get out the colored pens and paper and create yourself, and I like to do this pen and paper not computerized. I know that some of you are probably tech wizards and can do this on programs, but there's something really satisfying about doing it manually, okay? Create an old fashioned graph. Down the vertical line on the left-hand side, simply have your numbers. Now, the number at the bottom doesn't have to be zero. If you're already seeing 100, that's your base point. Go up in increments of five so that you can really see where you are. Along the horizontal line on the bottom, you simply plot the dates. And we created a graph for the next six months. Each week, the date on the bottom is the date that the stats are collected. And then we plotted three different lines. So we had two DCs in the office. Each of them had a different color. And then we had an overall practice total. Now, already, we, they only had three-week stats. We could see that there was weeks, a pattern starting to form where we had a busy week and then a quiet week and then a busy week. And we're estimating now that the next week's going to be a slight dip. That's gonna allow us to focus on growing a particular week. So when we're looking at booking new patients, making sure that everyone's on schedule, we know that if we can fill those quieter weeks, we're gonna help stabilize the practice. It means that when we're looking at that chart, that numbers chart, instead of just seeing a drop, we can see a pattern. We can, we probably got a little bit of motivation that it's gonna turn around again. Once we plotted those and we can start to see the graph, we looked at, what would happen if our target's up in the right-hand corner? So we actually draw a nice big star up where we wanted the end number to be at the end of those seven months, okay? If we start to notice around halfway along the line that it's flatlining, it's gonna motivate us. One of the um, people in the meeting actually said, if it looks like that line is going flat and then my goal is coming closer towards me, I'm actually gonna go into a state of panic. And I don't see that as a bad thing because that will actually motivate you to suddenly get out there and book some more stuff. You don't just realize that the number is drifting on by again and again. So if it flatlines, it's gonna be that kick to do something different. We also looked, if that line starts to go up and the little variations where it drops and rises, drops and rises, but as long as there's a steady climb to it, when we get halfway there and we're almost at that target, the whole vibe, even just talking about it, people started saying, you know, oh my God, I'm gonna be so motivated. We could really push. We could just have one more week, you know, one more person each to get in the practice to hit that target. And the momentum and the growth is suddenly gonna seem very realistic. Okay, my other tip as well, if you're doing the star at the top right hand corner, is to actually put something there that you're gonna achieve. So I know I've been in practices where we've gone on a team holiday, or we've gone out to a really nice restaurant for dinner. If that was what you're gonna do in that top right hand corner, put out a picture of their restaurant's logo, or the sunny beach that you're all gonna be sitting on, or the seminar that you're gonna attend, so that you all know you're working towards something. It's not just a number, there needs to be a reward for everybody in achieving that. And that kind of tips into the next point, the, the point four, it's got to be a whole team effort. 
I think quite a lot of the time in practice, we let our DCs lead us into what they want for their practice, which is the vision we need to be behind. But in order for us to really take action and really get involved and really want to push and make that extra effort, hi Jeff, um, it's really vital that we know where we're going, why we're doing it and how everybody's doing. And it, it's a team effort, you know, one little recall here, one little promotion booked here, one conversation that helps people stay on care there really is the difference between growing an office and one that's just static. And kind of tapping into what we knew about 2017, looking at where you need support and help. If you're not a marketing guru like me, I've already just come back from a two-day business course yesterday, and I've signed up to a three-day digital marketing course. It's my nightmare nemesis, but I'm gonna take it on in 2018. And I know that I needed to have some help to do that. So have a look and see where it is you need support. By all means, you can use me as a resource. But I know you've got Dr. Mike and lots of other fabulous people. But don't be afraid to go outside of chiropractic. Okay, I think sometimes we think that we have to stay within our profession. But there's a lot of elements that make a practice run. So if you need a social media course or a digital marketing course or even just a basic word processing course or you know your software systems in practice quite often have advanced courses how you can use them more and utilize them to help make your um, stats come to life check them out and get onto those courses and then you'll know you've had another level of growth in 2018. And obviously you've already got a fantastic internal referral scheme. Even if you only have one patient in your practice, and I have been there and growing practices from scratch, we tend to think that one on one is two. If we get one person come into care and they bring somebody else in, that's great. I would actually challenge that and say that one on one is actually unlimited because we don't know the potential of the person that they're bringing in. And if you have a client base of 100 and each person brings one person in, you have doubled your practice. The maths really are that simple. But if each person brings one person in who refers another person in, you've actually quadrupled your practice. So it's important to remember when you're having conversations at the front desk, you're not just talking to the person in front of you. By tapping into other mums that they know, other people that have experienced or would like to experience the results that they've had, um, networking groups that they're part of, employee work bases that they're in, there's unlimited amount of contacts that they have and we can really utilize those as an internal referral scheme, both for patients, but also for the marketing opportunities. You know, I work with a lot of practices trying to get into corporate, and it's tough. These guys have got really, really good bodyguards on the front desk, trying to stop practices like ours, trying to get in and help them. I mean, goodness knows why, but they do. And if we have someone on the inside that says, you know what, you really should go and uh, speak to my chiropractor because he does these amazing free talks and he's you know going to come and do one for us so that everyone's much happier at work we're in 
and it, it's as simple as that so a simple sign on the front desk to say did you know we do this or um, the one that we came up with the other week in in practice was wouldn't it be great better to work with happier colleagues something like that just very eye-catching ask us how and then talk about it avoid putting too much information too many promotions one after the other after the other tapping in for the same kind of referrals um, if you're going to be doing a Valentine's promotion, March, January is not the time to start asking for loved ones. Okay, if you're going to be focusing children in September, look ahead and then around that time, don't be targeting families the month before, the month after, because it loses the power of the spontaneity and sure, you're going to have new patients that have come into practice, but your old ones are just going to feel like part of your marketing tool and they'll actually switch off. So if you're going to use your internal referral system, have a look now at the year and just see where are we going to target which type of groups. Are we going to be targeting a particular industry during one month? Are we targeting families another month? Are we targeting businesses to go and do talks one month? And give some of your internal refer and your internal patients a chance to actually breathe from feeling like they're being targeted. Any questions so far, guys? Everybody's lovely and quiet. I can see we've got plenty of people on the call. I'm assuming everybody's just really happy and uh, and listening quietly. Okay. So this is, <laughs> I, I was going to use the um, symbol of Matron, but I didn't know how many of you would get that. But over here, we have a, a strict healthcare system, and Matron was the one that ran the board, the wards. I'm not sure that's. Sorry, just bear with me. Okay. One of the key things that I see with people trying to keep their patients on care is actually that we, we tend to make them wrong and we tend to have them feel like they're being told off, that it's naughty that they fell out of care, that they've done something wrong. Um, and I think as the CA, it's very easy to fall into that trap. You know, you should have come here for your appointment. Should just makes people feel icky. Um, it's far more empowering to check in and see what's going on and ask how we can help than it is to say, well, you should have been here twice last week. And if we can get past that kind of barrier of making people wrong and move them into a place of empowerment, they actually want to stick to care because they actually really want to get the results that we've offered that's why they've signed up with us um, so whenever i'm looking at making calls making referrals filling the diary i'm it's really important to tap in and remember that you're filling the diary yes but you're actually coming at it from a place of the person that you're actually speaking to in that moment so it's a double-edged sword we want to be celebrating but we don't want to make people wrong so check in and see how they're doing check in and make sure that everything's okay before we kind of lurch in with don't do this and haven't done that okay um there's going to be two responses if we do get this wrong and if we can learn how to read those signals we can actually pull the conversation back and regain rapport with people one is they're going to dig their heels in so probably like this little little chap here i'm certainly in the category if somebody tries to make me feel wrong i will argue back i will have a justification for everything under the sun 
I will not do what you want me to do. Um, a CA that I was working with last week, we were trying to help teach the people to lock and load on the benches and be face down prepared for their thing. And she actually said, as soon as somebody tells me what I need to do, I'm the rebel. I'm the one that will sit and do the exact opposite, even if I know it's in my interest. So if we can lead all our conversations with this is how we want you to, this is the results we want you to have, or this is in your best interest, or this is going to get you the best results because people are much more likely to do it because they see it as an active choice. They see it that they've agreed to come in twice a week, not that you're making them to come in twice a week. Okay. The other side of this, obviously, some people are going to have that response. The other response is that they just won't come back. They just won't tell you. They will just run away. The passive, and this is a larger section of the population, they just will stop answering your calls. So it's really important that if you see somebody just kind of backing or you hear any resistance on the phone, soften the voice, slow the pace down, and just check in with them and come less about booking the appointment and more about speaking with the person at the end of the line. Okay, so using awareness and empowerment to help your patients avoid pitfalls. This is probably the most common responses that I get when I'm looking at why patients have dropped out of care. It's really important as CAs that you can handle all of these objections because they will come along. And if we can handle them powerfully and we can deliver ways in which people can then still come into care, it's going to make our life a lot easier. It's going to educate the patients and it's going to help support the practice. So if somebody tells you that they don't need to come in anymore or they've cancelled an appointment because they were feeling great, we need to celebrate that. That's what we want. We want people. We know it's not just about feeling great, but they don't. And if they kind of drop out of care because they're feeling great, we don't want to make them think that that wasn't our end goal. We want to celebrate with them. You know, it's absolutely amazing, Mary, that you're feeling so great. And we're really, really pleased that you've received such great results. Obviously, you've made quite an investment in your time and in your money to be able to achieve that. And we'd really love to be able to support you on that journey even further. We'd really love for you to now be able to maintain those results so that you don't go back to where you were. It's far more powerful than, well, what you want to look at is chiropractic is actually more about this because they don't want to look at that right now. They want to feel great and they want to stay happy, okay? On the flip side, sometimes people may try and drop out of care because they're not seeing the results. My tip on this one is it's not really the, D, the CA's position to start getting into in-depth conversations. I would much rather acknowledge that the healing process does take time. And what I'd really love to do is have the DC either call you or book a complimentary chat with you to actually discuss whereabouts you are in your health journey. I hear this one usually around the point between they're coming into care, they've started up and everything's exciting, and they haven't quite hit that sort of six to eight week point where they should be seeing some kind of results. And it's really important that if we can get them to just have a conversation with the chiropractor, they can find out what's going on and obviously advise that you know results come in all different shapes and sizes it might be that there are results happening it's just not as fast as they wanted or as dramatic as they wanted so some clever questioning 
um, especially from the DC, will actually help answer that one. Obviously, too busy. The holiday period's just been over. This is the most common one at this time of year. Everything's just been a little bit crazy. It's no good telling somebody that, you know, you just need to uh, fit it in because a busy person is busy. That's the whole point of it. So we need to make sure that we're coming at this one from a point of calm and from a point of help. We want to make your life run smoother, not be another thing to add to your to-do list. This is where your advanced booking is going to come in absolutely vital. Let me get those appointments scheduled in advance once all the way through. Then you know exactly what day and time you're coming and it's one less thing for you to think about. These are the people that are going to need the reminder calls. They've probably dropped out of care because they just forgot. They're juggling lots of balls in the air and we don't want to be another ball they have to juggle. We want to be nice, easy and supportive in their lifestyle. That being said, it is obviously very important to make sure that they remember to take time for themselves. And if they're juggling everyone else, we just want to make sure that we know that they can do that. Should they get the results that they're looking for and then look after themselves, they'll be able to take care of everybody else a lot better. Kids, husband, dog needs. You can just hear those mums. They're exhausted. They're the ones that are putting everybody in front of themselves. And again, it's about making sure they know that they're supported by us because these people here are probably the most required in society, but the most unloved. So give a bit of love to them. Acknowledge that they're putting themselves last. They probably don't even see it. And we're probably the only people that actually really can reach out and say to them, you matter as much as everybody else. Too expensive? This is an interesting one. I've had some fantastic conversations lately with this one. Looking in terms of what? So we actually had a patient walk in and on a practice when I was training to book in as an initial consult. And her key concern was finance. You know, I've heard it might cost a lot of money. Um, I'm not sure if I can afford it. And before she'd even knew what was going to happen, the CA, bless her, found herself justifying it and saying, well, it can be a little bit expensive in the beginning because we do, you know, you do come in a little bit more frequent. At that point, the lady didn't even know that she needed an assessment. So just be careful if you're looking at too expensive, you've A, got the point of where they are. If they haven't come in yet, don't focus on the amount of care they're going to need. Just focus on what it costs for them to find out what's going on and find out what they need. Make sure that you know your initial script really, really well. Make sure that you're putting the value before you put the price. So on my scripts, it would always be, you know, you're going to come in for around an hour or 45 minutes, whatever it is in your office. This includes the chiropractic, postural, neurological assessment, x-rays if they need to be taken can be on site. This is all done at the cost of 50 and x-rays would be an additional charge of. If it's a care plan that they're looking at being too expensive or the, the amount of frequency, it can be a call for the DC to have because they may be able to do something. Please don't lead your clients into saying, well, let's book a chat so that we can see what can be done. DCs do not like to be put in the position where they have to then feel like they're bartering for people to come into care. It might be that they change their care structure. It's better for them to come in once a week than not at all. That's not our decision to lead them into that. But, you know, we can have a conversation about it. It might be that they're considering it too expensive in relation to what? 
So if they're going on holiday and they've got the latest iPhone and their kids have got all the new gadgets for Christmas, their health might just not be their priority. And sometimes they can't even see that. And it's not until they look at go, well, what are you comparing your health to? So there's different ways of handling that. Hopefully you've got something from that conversation. Workload is again coming into the too busy. We have to look at this a little bit sensitively. If we would not be allowed to just pop out of the office for an hour, neither will they. So if you haven't got hours that suit their times, feel free to refer them to somebody else. You know, there's, there's this kind of small mentality of everything's got to happen in our office. Well, if you can't serve them and they don't finish work till eight o'clock and there's another office down the road open till eight, send them there. But likewise, you know, know that these people might just reschedule a little bit more. It's better to be on their on their wavelength than um, than to not do it at all. And the scatterbrain syndrome there, they're just the ones, you know, the ones that they're just absolutely lovely, but they just kind of forget everything and it all just happens floopy and their diary never works and they're just slotting things in and out. So again, look and see where you can support these people. You know, they're not going to be the structured people. They're going to be the ones that need that call on a Monday morning and say, which day to date this week are you coming in for? Okay, so use a different variety of conversations. Don't just have the one robotic kind of response to everybody. Listen to what they're saying, listen to what's going on, and then know how you're going to answer that to support them best. <laughs> I kind of like these images as well in this place. CA. Once things start getting challenging, once people start throwing reasons that they can't come in or they can't do this, and we tend to want to shy away from it. And the tendency is to just say, oh, that's okay, Mary, don't worry. Give me a call whenever you can. It's not about that. We're actually doing this because if they don't stick to their care schedule, if they don't understand the importance of what they're doing, their lives are not going to be changed in the way that they can be. Okay, we actually owe them a real service to help them stick to their schedule. And if they can see us as somebody that's serving them, not somebody that's trying to beat them over the head with a stick for doing something wrong, we won't actually have to hide away from them. Okay, people need service. People want us to be smiley and happy and helpful. Okay, and trust me, from a CA's point of view, it's much nicer to be able to pick the phone up, confidently answer things, have a nice bubbly can-do attitude. And if you need to reschedule somebody, reschedule them. If you need to let them know that, you know, if they need to call back or they can reschedule um, at any time, make sure that the doors are always open. If somebody has dropping out of care, you know, make sure that they can. It, embarrassment is one of the biggest reasons that people will not return to your office. And we don't want them to feel like they've, sort of burnt that bridge so have a bit of flexibility around it um, I'm not a huge fan personally of charging for missed appointments I do believe in reserving the right to charge for it um, but life does sometimes get in the way and I think it's very important to connect with the patients and actually keep them in care rather than punish them for things that are going on and the more conversations we can have for each and every one of them it's an education point it's a chance to prove that you know, you are an empowered member of the team and you do know what you're talking about. And please don't take it personally if they reject you. I know many, many CAs dread, you know, cancellation calls or they say their best possible script for 
helping people stay on schedule and then the person still says no, it's okay. Our job is to make sure that they've heard the message. It's their job to decide whether they're going to take action on it. Okay, it's absolutely fine to put a note in the system. If you've got a computer system, just remember, I would make sure that everybody knows what's going on. And then when you have the next call, you can just tap back into it and use that in there. It's always about them, not us, okay? So my five top tips for engaging practice members, helping them keep on track, what's in it for them? What are they getting out of it? What was it that they wanted to achieve? You know, and where have they come from? You know, it's super important when things start to improve, when lifestyles are going well, pain is always a much bigger driver than pleasure. So remind them, where is it they wanted to get? Are they fully there yet? And what was it like for them when they came back in before? You can use these tips with patients if you're chatting around it and you have another patient sitting in the room listening to it, super nice way of uh, actually having them hear journeys and things. Making life easier, that's your advanced booking, having things on schedule, having a degree of flexibility, being human um, and going that extra mile and obviously caring about the person in front of them. They don't want to be another number in your system. So I'm going to finish up now with this little quote. You may think your light is small, but it can make a big difference in other people's life. And it's time to let your light shine. I really, really, really want to make sure each and every one of you know that the impact you have is huge. You can have the best DC in your office, but if they have no patients in front of them, because the new patient call wasn't handled correctly, or you didn't have the answers that somebody needed when they rang your office, or everybody's just dropping out of care right, left and center, it doesn't make any difference in the world. Every little phone call you make, every person you help schedule one more appointment is living in a better state, okay? And I really, really do believe that CAs save lives. I've seen so many transformational cases over my time in care, over the last 16 years of being in practice. And I do take ownership of each and every one of them. You know, it was the it's the whole package. It's the customer service. It's the CA attitude, education that makes just as much a difference. You deliver the mental adjustment as the DC delivers a physical one. Okay, so I really hope that that's giving you some tips and things to help get people back on track or keep people on track. If anyone has any questions, I would be delighted to answer them. You can either type them into the box or if you want to unmute yourself um, and go ahead and introduce yourself, I would be delighted to take any questions. Missed visit fees. Yes, yeah. What what question do you have about Miss Visit Fees? Hi, Adrian. I can hear some furious typing going on.
Okay, so we have a question. So I have a really good relationship with all the patients in our office and sometimes a bit longer visits for them if they have something going on, but when they miss a 20 minute appointment, the gap in our diary is big and we feel they should be charged. Yeah, I completely agree, especially if you have um, a larger appointment time. For me, the key there is looking and thinking, well, if we're charging them, it's highly unlikely that they're gonna return and possibly pay that anyway. So I see a lot of offices where they have missed charged visits and it's always the last thing that people are told. So the danger is that if we charge them and say, well, you've missed your appointment, you're gonna be charged, then they're just not gonna come back anyway. Um, possibly look, instead of scheduling straight into a, an appointment, I know a lot of practices have gone to now having the DC call the client. So that might be something that works well um, they can just you can just give them a call at the end of the shift it's a tricky one it depends on the relationship with the patient I personally just think that if there's something genuinely going on so I've had cases where kids have been taken to hospital people's had a bereavement you know the cars broken down and they're stuck on the side of the road things like that that are genuinely outside of their control I wouldn't charge for but you kind of know your persistent offenders. So the ones that just always turn up 30 minutes late or, you know, always call to reschedule to say they're stuck in a meeting. If you're going to charge, I would make sure that you have a very clear structure. So your CAs are making sure that they have either had some kind of clinic policy or terms of acceptance at the beginning of care that lets people know that that is a possibility for missed appointments, that you reserve the right to charge. And then at sort of a traffic light system, let them know the first time they do it, just to remind you, we do have a 24 hour notice policy and we don't wanna to have to charge you. And then again, if you see those notes appearing again and again, then yes, obviously I would charge. Um, does that help? Yeah, and so the comment there is because it's, because you're so, because you're lovely and because you want to help them, then it is really hard to charge. I think it's okay to own your sessions and own the value of them. Sometimes we do have to suck it. And I think it's more important to remember if your office is full of canceled appointments, that maybe that's worth looking at how you can improve that procedure. So rather than just saying, well, we've got canceled appointments, we're gonna charge, have a look and see why people are canceling their appointments and come at it from a position of maybe people don't understand the importance of sticking to schedule. Maybe you have one CA in your office that's a little bit more easy to let people off the hook and say, that's fine, don't worry, I'll cancel it. In which case, you know, you might wanna have a training session around how to keep people on schedule. So conversations such as, you know, about making sure that they still come in when they're feeling sick or that they still come in and they can bring their kids with them, things like that to help actually reduce the number of people that are canceling in the first place. So what do you recommend for retention patients? So I'm presuming by that that you mean the longer term retention, so keeping people on track beyond the initial pain phase of care. My, my honest tip is you need to be educating on every single visit. And by that, I don't just mean a kind of robotic, or this is patient one, we're gonna talk about this, and this is patient two, we're gonna be talking about that. I mean all over practice education. I mean, the posters that are on your wall need to be more than just pain-based. 
they need to be talking about long-term maintenance care. I mean that your CA team needs to be fully engaged in conversations that link the concept of chiropractic to things that they already do. So my favorite one that I use when people ask me about, well, why should I come back? Is I say, well, you know, it depends how, what you want. I, the, I actually heard a new one this weekend, which is a chiropractic care is kind of like taking a taxi ride. You start in the suburbs, and it depends how far you want, to, how close you want to get to heaven or the countryside as to when you stop paying and when you get out. It just helps people see that it's a journey. I use um, a conversation around, you know, if I've eaten a salad for a year and then I go to start eating junk food, I don't expect to stay the same weight. If I go to the gym, I don't expect to stop working out and then stay as fit as I was. So I use my chiropractic care in the same way as my nutrition, my exercise, my mindset, and I help patients all the way through their care to see that that is my end goal, um, and educating them that things are going to happen, that they're constantly putting stresses on their body that need to be addressed, rather than just focusing on pain in the beginning and then getting to the end and saying, oh, but by the way, you know, we want you to stay on. Um, if people are dropping out of care, then I would um, just you know, make sure that they always know that they can come back. Darlene, what have you found the best reward to be for reaching the 10% goal? So I wouldn't necessarily reward every 10%. Um, you might do a multiple. It depends on where you're trying to go. The 10% works really well if you're trying to go to a big goal. Um, if you're trying to double your practice numbers and you're measuring all your little 10%, you might have vouchers for different activities. So if your CAs um, bring in five new patients in, in a month, then they get a massage voucher. It could be that you do a competition between the staff to see, you know, if they can reduce their um, cancellation policy by, you know, your cancellation numbers by 10% that month, that you're going to treat them all to a, to a meal. It doesn't have to be massive expensive sometimes just actually acknowledging each other and just having a little poster board in the in a meeting room or in a in a if you've got a little um, kitchen area just a little acknowledgement on the wall to say Darlene you did an absolutely amazing job congratulations on hitting your 10% goal really actually can go such a long way it's that acknowledgement and encouraging them to take personal pride in what they're doing as well so yeah, and then once, once you've set a big team goal, go, go and have some fun, you know, do something exciting, go to, uh, we've got a thing over here called Go Ape, which is like a tree swinging, you know, team building event that we've done, things like that. So have something at the end that's, that's going to be meaningful for them. Does that help, Darlene? Fabulous. So I've got another question from Adrian, which is the best training tool that you have to be the best CA that you can be? I'm going to be totally biased on this one. I'm going to say, well, I'm now the best training tool that I have. Um, for me, it's getting outside the four walls of the chiropractic office and drawing on everybody's kind of skill set. So some people will learn very well by these kind of interactive webinar series some people will will do very well with face-to-face -face coaching it depends if it's a particular stumbling block rather than just a new concept 
Personally, I still don't think you can beat seminars. I really do think that being face to face with the energy and the inspiration that's out there. Um, some of it I've self-funded over my over the years. And a lot of the time I've had my I've had some very, very wonderful CA, um, DCs that have taken me all around the world. Um, another training tool is actually reaching out to other offices. So if you have got Dr. Mike's network and there's somewhere you can send your CA just to shadow for an hour, then, you know, use each other because it's always nice to learn from people that are doing it. And I know when I'm bringing in a new concept, it's learning from the people that are already doing it that makes it much, much easier. So, you know, send your CA over to someone else's office for a day or, you know, reach out to somebody, you know, that's trying to grow and, and have them shadow someone else. Just bounce ideas off each other. And you know what, guys, if you guys want to keep me in touch with me, I have got the Facebook group, The Mindset Mentor. Feel free. It's a private group, but it's there. It's a tool for DCs to know that they could send their patients to which helps send messages about mindset, nutrition, how we're looking at the world around us, the communications we're having, CA training. Um, I find that the better the CA looks after themselves, the better the conversations are from. So yeah, the, the, um, the more empowered the CA is. So my conversations with the clients aren't, like I said, they're not all chiropractic. But by being in part of groups and stuff and actually bouncing ideas and learning myself, I then use that to teach the clients. You can reach me at coaching at wendyobryan.co.uk um, or on the Facebook group. If you have anything in specific that suddenly comes up, if you're listening on the replay, I'm more than happy to try and help. Oh, lovely. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure helping you all. Um, and as well as having any questions, if any of you want to share your results with me, I'm always absolutely delighted to hear um, how something's worked out. So please do stay in touch. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure spending time with you. I'd love to have you subscribe, comment, like, and share this video with your friends. And don't forget to go to www.chiropractic-masters.com for more free practice building tools.